This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 544, The Incredible Power of Contentment, part three, by Leo Babout of zenhabits.net, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Wednesday, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. The Optimal Living Daily podcast network is where we simply read to you every single day from some of the best blogs on the planet, with permission from the authors. And now today's post is actually part three, the final part of the full article. I started this in episode 542, so if you're bouncing around, you'll probably wanna start there so that today's reading makes a lot more sense. But if you heard yesterday's and Monday's episodes already, let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. The Incredible Power of Contentment, part three, by Leo Babauta of zenhabits.net. Jobs. Should we be content with our jobs? Well, I won't say that you should stick with a dead-end job and a boss that treats you like dirt. If you're unhappy with your job, change it. That's been my approach and it's worked for me. However, I have learned that being a content person in other areas of my life and being content with my life in general has generally helped me at any job. Discontented people tend to be complainers or grumpy or negative. That leads to problems at the job. People who are content tend not to complain and tend to have a more positive attitude. And in my experience, that almost always leads to more opportunities, both within the job, promotions, new projects, etc., and outside the job, job offers, networking, etc. Social change. I've heard some writers say that people like me who preach happiness and contentedness and a positive outlook on life are teaching people to accept social injustice and not strive for change. I disagree completely, and as someone who would like a freer society than the one in which we currently live, I have given this much thought. My favorite social disruptor, Gandhi, had two seemingly contradictory quotes on the subject of contentedness. The first, man's happiness really lies in contentment. And the second, healthy discontent is the prelude to progress. This might seem confusing until you look at how Gandhi brought about change. He was discontent with the system of oppression in his country, so he sought to change it. However, he was content as a person with who he was and what he had in his personal life. This inner content allowed him to have the inner power to face and eventually beat the very powerful authorities in his country at the time. He could face them because nothing they could do to him could take away his happiness. They could take away all his possessions, throw him in prison, take away even food, and he was content. He taught his fellow countrymen the same lesson to make the best of what they had in India, making their own simple clothing, making their own food, instead of wanting the commercial goods from foreign countries. Being content with such simplicity would give them the independence from foreign commercial powers and eventually, as they are part of the same organism, foreign political powers. So social change can still happen if you are content with yourself, with your life, but not content with the system of oppression around you. This system, in my opinion, is responsible for holding us down for the deaths of millions of people in third world countries. But it isn't until we learn to be content with what we have and free ourselves of our dependence on commercial goods that we'll be able to change the system for good. Getting to contentment. So if contentedness is so great, how do you get there? That's not always easy, but here are some things that have worked for me. Number one, count your blessings. I mentioned this earlier and in a previous post, but for me, it's the best way to get to contentment. When you find yourself unhappy with something or with what you don't have, take a moment to count all the good things in your life. And I would bet there are many. It puts the focus on what you do have rather than what you don't. Number two, stop and remind yourself. When you find yourself unhappy with someone or trying to change them, stop yourself. Take a deep breath and remind yourself that you should try to be happy with that person for who he or she is. 
Take a moment to think about the good things about that person, the reasons you love that person, then accept their faults as part of their entire package. Number three, stop and consider why you want something. When you feel the urge to buy something, think about whether it's a need or a want. If it's a want, take a pause. It's good to wait 30 days, keep a 30-day list. When you want something, put it on the list with the date, and if you still want it in 30 days, you can buy it. Consider why you want something. Are you not content with what you already have? Why not? Number four, take time to appreciate your life. I like to reflect on my life and all the good things in it on a regular basis. I do this when I run or when I watch the sunset or sunrise or when I'm out in nature. Another great method is a morning gratitude session. Think of all the things and people you're thankful for and thank them silently. Number five, show people you appreciate them. It's good to appreciate people, but it's even better to show them. Give them a hug, smile, spend time with them, thank them out loud, thank them publicly. Number six, breathe and smile. Once again, advice from one of my favorite monks, but it works in this context. Sometimes when we take the time to breathe and smile, it can change our outlook on life. Number seven, learn to enjoy the simple things. Instead of wanting to buy expensive things and spend money on doing things like eating out or entertainment, Learn to enjoy stuff that's free. Conversations and walks with other people, spending time outdoors, watching a DVD or playing board games, going to the beach, playing sports, running. These things don't cost much and they are awesome. Quote, God's gifts put man's best dreams to shame. Elizabeth Barrett Browning. You just listened to part three of the post titled The Incredible Power of Contentment by Leo Babauta of zenhabits.net. This has nothing to do with the article I just read. Well, maybe it does. But anyway, just a couple hours ago, I had my friend come over to this recording space to give me some advice on how to best record because even minor tweaks can make a difference in the sound. A big difference, actually. So this episode might sound a bit different than one just from like a couple of days ago. But anyway, he's a Grammy award-winning sound engineer, so who better to help? And he needed me to do a test recording or sound check, so I read something random and it was fine. But then I started getting into my head and the fun of social anxiety is that it comes out of nowhere. So when he had me do it again, I actually started panicking. Basically the same feeling as if I had to give a speech to 1,000 people and I wasn't prepared, even though it was just me and him in one room and I'm reading a regular script. So I kind of started, I tried to push through and eventually I had to stop. It just got that bad. And it was kind of at a weird spot. He didn't ask me what's wrong or anything and I don't think he would even have if he noticed. I'm sure he deals with people who get performance anxiety all the time and is used to it, but it's just embarrassing, you know, to feel basically a panic attack in front of a friend when it's over something so trivial, something that no one is ever gonna hear. It's all the fun of performance and social anxiety that I've been dealing with. I started this podcast to try to help with it And I do think it has helped in certain aspects, but clearly not if I am to just introduce one person into even the idea of hearing me record. Such a strange thing. I probably should see a professional. A therapist can definitely help out with stuff like this. I've done it before, but it was a long time ago. I almost didn't go see a therapist a few years back when I needed it the most. It was just too much pressure. I couldn't even go to a job interview because of my anxiety. I could barely get myself out of the house, but realizing how bad it was, I just finally forced myself to do it. But it was already so late. I should have seen one earlier. It's really cool that things like this exist now where you can take a baby step in that direction and move forward. That's what this podcast is for me. It's a baby step in making myself talk more. And even though I've been doing it for over a year, 
I need these little baby steps. And the next step is to introduce more talking with more people and strangers and that kind of thing. I think that's the only way that I'm gonna be able to make some progress. But enough of my issues. Thank you for listening and being here as I work through them. That's it for today. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you in tomorrow's show where your optimal life awaits.